to play in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Turn handle in left side. Finds a little bit of a hole, keeps his leg moving. He's across the 40, midfield, 45, he's on the run winch. 40, pushes the man, 35, look at him go. He's down to 20, 15, he could go. He is going to go. Touchdown, Seahawks. Oh, my word. A 67-yard run. Marshawn Lynch, unbelievable. The beast is alive and well. Wide receivers to either side. Russell takes the snap. He drops back. He's going to throw down the middle. He's got a man. Come on. It has been decided, maybe since the safety in the first quarter. 12, they're bringing the trophy home. Your Seahawks, Super Bowl 48 champion. Welcome back, ladies and gents, to the uh, We Talk Seahawks Rookie Watch podcast. Uh, today, we are off, we're coming off the back of a win uh, again over the Carolina Panthers this time. Another game in which our rookies have excelled uh, expectation and have thrilled us no end. Um, we've got a few different ones to talk about this week. Uh, Anthony Bradford will be make, you know, getting a bit of uh, attention this week. Uh, he's been sorely neglected, but he hasn't really had substantial snaps. We'll be talking about him today. We've also got um, more snaps to talk about with uh, Charbonnet, our bruising uh, running back, bursting onto the scene this week. And, of course, we've got um, JSN to discuss and Witherspoon as well. So tonight joining me, we've got uh, James. Uh, how are you doing, James? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, I'm really good. Um, Soon one feels very good. Our rookies are playing well for the most part. Um, everything's good in the, in the in the world of the Seahawks at the minute. So um, hopefully it continues this week. Monday Night Football, Giants. Um, some interesting performances coming out the back of the Panthers game heading into the Giants game that we'll be talking about tonight. So, um, no, I'm, I'm I'm really good, mate. Good stuff. Yeah, I think that Giants game is looking really, really interesting because we've got so much returning um, talent that's been injured, with our, especially with our second-year players with Reek and, and um, with Charles Cross coming back as well. And also there's the implications of Charles Cross, Charles Cross returning, meaning potentially less tight end sets, meaning more JSN. You know, I think there's there's a lot to talk about there um, as well. well. We'll open up by, by very quickly talking about um, injuries and returning players ahead of that game. Um, I as far as I'm aware, we haven't picked up any more uh, rookie injuries, which gives us a chance to get healthier. Obviously, that buy on the on the horizon as well. So I think we're all touching wood that we don't pick up any fresh ones before the buy, and we can come back. Um, yeah, indeed, touch wood. Um, we can, yeah, hopefully come back a bit fitter. Um, in terms of returning players, I don't think Trey Brown is likely to feature because that was a concussion it's confirmed as a concussion so you'd assume uh, concussion protocol is going to mean he's not going to feature um and we've also got uh, confirmation that i mean last week we mentioned uh, kenny mcintosh it is he definitely did hit in uh, the injured reserve but mm -hmm. he is scheduled back off that after the the giants game um as well so that's that's a returning player there 
But otherwise, no injuries. How are you, how are you feeling about our, our roster and things injury-wise now and our rookies? Yeah, um, it feels like other than Mike Morris, who is is the only one that, like like we said last week, is is terminal at this point. It feels like we're starting to get healthier again after the early setbacks of of Cross and Abraham. Um, and then the next day, once we get Kenny Mack back as well, um, you've got another weapon there that that will that will see what we've got. Um, but no, it, it it's a big factor if we're going to get Cross back this week. Um, obviously, the, the the Giants' front seven is a is a is a good one. Um, they've got some good pass rushes there, um, and and I wasn't overly impressed with Stone Forsyth, if I'm being honest, in the Panthers game as I was as much as I was in the in the Lions game. I thought he sort of dipped a little bit, whereas Kohan kind of maintained that level. Um, I thought Forsyth took a step backwards a little bit for me. So I think it's really important that Charles Cross, if he is fit, and I'm not, I, I stress that. Only bring him back if he's 100%. Don't bring him back if he's 70 80%. Just, just wait it out. Wait for the bye. We can get him back for the big Bengals game 100%. But if he's 100% go, then 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 let's get him back out on the field. But um, no injuries-wise, positive. Feels like we're getting there again with him now. Yeah, good. And I think I think it's kind of interesting on the subject of injuries. Prior to the, the season opener, a lot of people were saying, Devon Witherspoon is going to spend the whole season clutching that hamstring and we're going to be on, you know, tenterhooks all, the whole time. You know, um, is he going to be injured? Is he not? He's actually weirdly appeared to be the fittest and most consistent quarterback we have now, which is bizarre because this is a guy who held out at the beginning of camp. As soon as he got into camp, you know, injured with his hamstring. So he didn't build up that bank of fitness that the rest of the guys did. Come game time, you know, made out of granite <laughs> oh, i don't know what he's made out of it but i, I want to know i want to know for future reference uh, because that lad is yeah he's um he's pretty special isn't he yeah no i agree but that's that's uh the the um injury stuff regarding our rookies going into the the giants game so um we'll flip it back to the the panthers game um your choice should we talk about first? Do you want to talk about JSM first Ooh. or do you want to carry on with Witherspoon? Which is your choice? We're on Witherspoon. So we'll start with Witherspoon. Um, okay. Like like we said in the main pod, if you haven't listened to that, please go and listen to the main pod as well. But um, if anyone is still hung up on the flea flicker and all that kind of stuff, um, I, I, I don't really know what to say to you other than just come on, like, come on, get on board. This this kid is, is pretty special. Um, like we were saying, he's, he's one of the most targeted cornerbacks at, at this moment in time through his first two starts in the NFL as teams try and sort of figure out, can we can we go with him? Can we target him? Can we trust that he's that he's a rookie and will he make mistakes? And teams are pretty quickly finding out that this isn't your typical rookie. He was picked at number five for a reason um, and you can't just throw his way and expect to, to, to gain big yards every time and for him not to be able to cover. Um, the lad can cover. Um, he is... The definition of cover, if you find it in the dictionary, Witherspoon's name will, will pop up next to it, um, or the Theosaurus, whichever one it is. Um, you can tell I went to school. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, he's um, he's excellent. I love his closing speed. I love his his his, his IQ, his energy. I mean, I, I could wax lyrical for hours about Devin Witherspoon in terms of every every adjective that that you could use to describe Devin Witherspoon and 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 how he plays it, it it's it's applicable because he's just he's just excellent and like you say he's made one mistake in 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 his first two weeks and and really for me that is it he's made that one mistake and it wasn't just him who made that mistake you know Diggs made the mistake other other players in the secondary experienced players bought that mistake as well um it just so happened to be Devin Witherspoon's 
you know, man assignment. assignment, yeah. But other people on that on that play made the same mistake that he did. Um, but I've just loved his reaction to it. He hasn't he hasn't lingered in his head. He bounced straight back in that Lions game. He bounced straight back, and then in, in in the Panthers game, he, he followed that one. Um, and and Thielen, all the receivers didn't really get a sniff out of him. Um, and and Thielen, although he's aging, is still a very savvy, good route runner. Um, always been a good receiver at the NFL level. And and he got completely locked up. And um, yeah, I, I'm, um, I, I I can't wait for this week when we get Tariq and Devon with a spoon back because that is getting my juices flowing, Mitch. I couldn't agree more. I I think I think um, the whole Reek on one side and and with a spoon thing on the other is is fascinating because they've both been tested with fire in their opening weeks. You look back to last year and people were testing Reek and they found out very quick um, that he is not a man to to uh, loft the ball up there, you know, and, and watch your, your receivers compete with because he's got longer arms than you. He's got, you know, he's faster than you. He had all those advantages. With his, or one out the bunker. Is, uh, a very similar... Sorry, Could even be a drive. Who <laughs> had the Ryder Cup on the top muted and it's just suddenly come up full volume. Um, thought Liam Neeson had come in and, and I thought we were going to take a or something then. Jesus Christ. No, literally it was just the Ryder Cup muted on the top. <laughs> it just, just went suddenly blasted full volume. Um, yeah, and, and we'll see the same with Witherspoon. I mean, he wasn't just it wasn't just a case of him doing well when the ball went his way. It, they literally targeted him for two weeks. You look mm-hmm. at the amount of tackles he had, he had more tackles than the linebackers. You know, so... The ball was going that direction, whether it was run plays or whether it was through the air. They literally were testing him. And we've seen that two weeks in a row. And his uh, his box score has looked superb because of it. So long may that continue. And like you say, with Rook back, um, there really isn't a side of the field that I would like to throw a ball into. Um, I'd start probably throwing the ball in the middle. But guess what? Jamal Adams is going to be prowling in there this week. Um, so, good luck. <laughs> good luck is a very kind way of putting it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good luck. I, I really want to see how that you know ends up looking. So, uh, on a different subject, we'll, we'll switch it over quickly now to to JSN, and I've had my my um, identity crisis essay uh, outburst in our main pod, so you can go ahead and listen to that if you if you're interested in my mad ramblings. But uh, the part of it that was relevant to JSN. Uh, for anyone who hasn't listened to that, was that uh, I don't believe that we're when when Gino's moving through his progressions, I don't believe he's he's um, seeing the potential for a quick, sharp, short completion to JSN and allowing him on early downs to receive a three-yard, four-yard catch and get a bit of yards after catch. I think if we if, if we started implementing that, um, you know, first down run play three four yards maybe second play jsn three or four you know maybe maybe there's some upside there with him breaking free and with his field vision and things as well um i don't believe that's happening at the moment i don't think we're using him quite as well as we could um and his time on the field has been limited because of our our 12 and 13 personnel with extra tight ends to to shore up the edges so with cross back this week for the for the giants james um potentially less tight end sets more snaps for jsn could you see that being a, a really good opportunity for jsn to establish his skill set 
yeah, it feels like this is his first big opportunity this week. If if Cross is back, aside from like the first week before Cross went down, um, it feels like this is his first big opportunity. Like how we've kind of sort of said there that um, you know the last two weeks with the tight end sets, heavy tight end sets, it hasn't really felt like a you know a, 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 any real chance for JSN to really show it, what he can do in the offense. Whereas now, once it once the tackles come back again, once you get Charles Cross sort of back again, it feels like almost like you can unlock JSN again and, and right put him out of the field there most of the offensive snaps this time and really see if he can get the ball and um you make a good point in terms of his his his, his route running and, and, and getting the ball to JSN early. When I when I look at the other receivers that we've got, you know, DK kills you later in the route because of his physicality. Um Tyler Lockett kills you later in the route most of the time because of his his, his ability to get open when players break down. Um whereas JSN you have to get him the ball effectively instantly because he kills you right at the start of his route that's where he get he, that's where he kills you because of his separation skills um off 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 his breaks and off the line of scrimmage so if you're not getting the ball to him at the very start of the route then you know he's he, he's you quick missed your window, haven't you? you missed your window he's quick but he's not dk metcalf quick in my opinion and he's not he's he's maybe tyler lockett quick but he, he you know he's in that kind of range he's quick but he's not a track kind of quick speed where dk has got that speed um so you need to you need to get JSN the ball straight away. That like he has to be your first read in 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 most respects, um, because if he's your third read by that point, you know the, the separation's already happened and it's it's a little bit too late in the play now. Um, you get JSN. If you watch any of his Ohio State tape, any any of those, I know you have Mitch, of course, but any of our listeners or anything like that, if you go back and watch some of his Ohio State tape, he gets the ball straight away all the time so he's coming out of his breaks in stride ball in his hands and he takes off um because because that's where he gets that separation and, and and where he kills dbs so um i hope we start seeing that from gino that he goes to him straight away becomes his first read a bit more um and and, I, and then i think you'll see jsn explode i really do yeah i, I the thing is I, I say i say he needs to it needs to be the first read if you're thinking that Tyler or DK, you know, they're going to make a move and they're going to, you know, they're going to make a break and you're going to get 25, 30 yards. If your mindset is constantly, I don't want to throw this early because something better could happen. That also then becomes quite predictable. Mm. And you're also providing a lot of time for people to rush the passer. I, I kind of think that during this period of time where the pocket has been a bit damaged by, um, the depth chart being a bit ravaged by injury. There, there was probably quite a lot to be said for, you know, get the ball out of your hands early, try and hit JSN early, let him snap off five, six yards early downs, make your life easier on second and third. Um, and then, you know, Kenny will do his bit and you're probably going to be looking if he's still, if we're there on third down, it's going to be third and not much, you know. There could have been a bit to say for run the ball a lot, Make shallow, you know, make the shallow passes on crossing routes and get the ball to JSN. There's probably quite a lot of value in that, um, but we didn't see it. They took a different approach of shoring up the line with tight ends. And to be honest with you, I mean, we said this before the pod. The usage of the tight ends in week two and three has been as good as any tight end usage I've ever seen as a Seahawks fan. Mm-hmm. It's been consistent. They've been good plays. The ball's gone throughout before Timbal Disney missed a game. He was he was receiving the ball as well. It was spread around brilliantly. And they were different, they were a real handful. So I can't say that what we got was bad. 
But when we're talking about JSN, we can all see where the opportunities are likely to come from, unless we see an injury to one of our wide receivers, in which case I feel extremely confident that JSN is going to do a very good job covering either of our two um, wide receivers, our wide receiver one and two. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not in a negative space with JSN in terms of his performance. I'm in a slightly uh, a little bit annoyed that we've not given him the chance to kind of arrive on the scene and make a big splashy, you know, have a big splashy game early doors. I think that could have been could have been better. But I'm not I'm not I'm not down on uh, on JSN at all. So here's here's one that people wouldn't necessarily have seen coming today. We're going to talk a little bit about Anthony Bradford. Um, there's been a, a few a few people putting out articles on on Anthony Bradford this week. I came into this pod um, because, talking about it with James before we went live, um, and he also had seen an article as well um, praising Anthony Bradford. So we'd seen different sources, but we come to the same conclusion that Anthony Bradford had quite quietly gone um, about his game really well on uh, Sunday night and. The PFF grade came through with a 76.6. If if I played 75 snaps on debut and came out with a grade that that you know that high, I'd be very pleased. Yep. And and the other thing we said, James, didn't hear his name called once. Not no. not for a not for a yellow flag. You know, no no false starts, no holding. You know, none of that rubbish. Um, he was clean, consistent. Um, and what, what have you seen from from articles that that you've watched? What have you liked about Bradford from what you've seen? Yeah, um, like like we said on this pod, coming out of college, he, he was he was being taught for his run blocking abilities. And, and when you go back and watch some of the film from from the Panthers game, um, I, like I showed you the, the the one tonight from from the football scout on YouTube, it's about a nine minute long video. Highly recommend it, um, and, and it really focuses in on Bradford's game. Um, You'll be able to see it for yourself. He's a powerful, powerful guy. Um, he 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 fights for every single inch and 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 sort of opportunity on every single rep to block and and to help the offense out. He doesn't just focus on his sort of assignment and then oh well I've done my job so it's okay. He does his job and then he goes right. How can I help my next guy do his job? How can I help him? And it just looks really really good team player, high IQ, um, understanding that it, it's not just all about him. And it's about the rest of the guys as well. So if I if I've got my guy locked up and I see Kerhan or I see Evan Brown struggling with his guy, if I'm freed up to go and help him, I'll go and help him and I'll, and I'll, and I'll double team that guy. Um, and you could really see it paying off for, for the guys like Charbonnet and, and Ken Walker on their runs and, and helping Gino get that extra second or two to get rid of the football. Um, not 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 perfect. There were still bits where you say, "Oh yeah, there, there's a bit of a rookie, you know, error." Could he have stayed with his guy a little bit more before moving on to the next guy? Um, but for a rookie debut performance, um, starting wise, anyway, coming coming in and playing the game, um, I, I, I thought he looked excellent for where we got him in the draft on as a day three pick. Uh, you know, such a, a high ceiling kind of player that you can mould into a really really nice guard for the future. Um, and, and a guy who maybe looks like is is coming in to take Phil Haynes' spot at some point, maybe this season, maybe it's at the end of the season. Um, but no, I, I I really liked what I saw. And like you say, that the main thing is with these offensive line guys, especially when they're rookies. Um, do you hear their name called during the game? Are they getting flags? Are they getting false start penalties? Are they getting holding penalties? Are they being skittish? Are they being nervous? Didn't hear Bradford's name once. 
not yeah. not once and, and like I said to you when, when I cast my mind back to Jermaine Effedi when we drafted Jermaine Effedi um, I mean he was Mr Flag because every single game he got one or two flags skittish nervous holding false starts um, and, and I'm not seeing any any of that from Bradford like we didn't see much from Cross like we didn't see much from Abraham Lucas um, it looks like we've got a really nice core of young sort of confident um just just really high IQ cerebral offensive line players that they've that they've done a really nice job of finding and picking up. Yeah, I I agree. It's nice that you a lot of the things there I really agree with. And the main the main one for me, um when I look at when I look at what, what he did on the film and when I look at his grading, um he seems to understand the roles of the people around him well. Mm-hmm. You know the the centre next to him, he understands the job. The tight end or the t- or the the tackle next to him, whatever we're doing, um, you know whether we're flooding one side, whether he's trying to double team someone, whether he's trying to just um, create a gap, and you know whether it's run blocking schemes for you know um, for Charbonneau or Ken to squeeze through a gap, you know wh- whatever it is that's that's happening, he's helping other people as well as doing his own job. Sometimes you see him with one hand on his guy. He's beaten the initial move, um, dodging dodging swipes and and things masterfully for a first year player, and counter moving pass rushes and good defensive tackles as well, um, whilst also chipping in chipping a guy, uh, pushing pushing a, a nose tackle off balance. There was a there was a play which is highlighted um, in the video we we watched together, James, um, where he'd not only um, held his man or beaten his man. He'd knocked the nose tackle into um, the defensive end on the other side, um, just just chipping in by the way. You know, he, he just he reached over and helped out uh, the centre, and um, and stacked two guys. You know, and it's you'd you'd forgive a guy on his debut, um, his first meaningful snaps to just be doing his, his own job as as well as possible, and maybe have um, the coaches come over to him at the end and tell him, you know. Good job on your assignment, but you could have done this better or helped this person. Or what we're really doing on that play is trying to make sure that this gap matures. It's not necessarily about your gap, you know, your player. It's about positioning yourself to shield that gap. So that you know there, there are intricacies that you'd expect him to be uh, having addressed at the end of the game. He actually nailed those finer details whilst doing his job in his first game. That, for me, has, has shown we've got far more depth on the interior of that of that offensive line than I anticipated this early in the season. And it's also made me think that the ceiling for how good he can be uh, is a fair bit higher than I originally thought this season. And he is a guy that I watched in college as well. So that probably speaks to how quickly um, he's absorbed the coaching that he's had this offseason. Um and also potentially um, how just how receptible he is to uh, the wisdom around him. Maybe he's absorbing quite a lot from, um, you know, the, the more experienced heads on the offensive line as well. So he, look, he looks a really coachable first round, it's not first round, first team um, or starter uh, ceiling kind of guy now, which is a very welcome boost. Absolutely it is. Well, that's that's that one. And the final one I think we're going to talk about tonight is Charbonnet, because... Uh, anyone who watches uh, Good Morning Football will have seen him uh, being awarded the scepter for the uh, the angry run of the week. Uh, I think none of us have managed to forget 
the image of him not only knocking um, the defender back, but also up in the air, which you don't often see. <laughs> he literally made that guy get some air. Um, what, what was your reaction like when you were watching that live, James? What did you make of that? Uh, I, I think Ryanair took him on as cabin crew because he's still flying. <laughs> I, 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 honestly, that, that poor guy... I mean, he has a family. That that that's on that's on record. That that is on film for everyone to see forever. And um, I love it. I'm absolutely over the moon because Charbonnet. I've just been waiting for, for waiting for him to break off something. Waiting for him to to show what he can do. And my God, is he a powerful runner? He doesn't just run past you. He runs straight through you. Um, he doesn't really care who you are. Um, he's a proper proper battering ram. Um, but he's shifty as well, and, and I'm glad that showed up on tape because some people might be getting the misconception that he can't move, he can't make me, people miss. He's just a pure sort of your, your, your old school, just battering around running back that just runs through people. Um, but he's he's that's that's doing a big disservice to, to Zach Chabonet for me. He's far more skillful, far more nifty with his feet and his hips that, that, than people will give him credit for. I'm not saying he's Shakira, um, uh, but his hips can move and, and, and he can and he can shift. Not quite Ken, but he can shift um, and he can stop on a dime and he can turn and he can go and he can burst. Um, so I was really, really excited for, for Chabonet. Gutted he didn't get in the end zone, but it is coming. It is coming. It's only going to be a matter of time. Um and and yeah, I, I was I was just really impressed with Zach, and and he looks like a, a, the the bond that them two are growing with him and Ken. Um, I think that's a that's a really exciting one-two punch for the future that that, that we're starting to develop there. Yeah, it looks a really healthy kind of um, relationship between the two of them. When you think when you when you look at the concept of taking a, a second round running back two years in a row, that's those will be guys coming out of college that are really hoping to go to a good spot. On a winning team, but more so than that, they want to see a team that needs a running back to draft them. Mm. But if you look at Ken Walker coming into us last year, he was coming in behind um, Rashad Penny, who had finished the season red hot the year before. So he came into a situation where he was going to have to play backup and hope for a chance, as Destiny had it. That chance came game three, I think it was, and mm. he never looked back. Charbonnet's come in having to see a fit young um you know top 10 running back in the league um offensive rookie of the year um did he win an offensive rookie of the year I feel no like Garrett Wilson run- won it but he should have won he it he was runner up yeah I, yes that's right he was super close to I remember um and that was a weird uh, on a tangent here but didn't he didn't he get more first place votes than Garrett Wilson but Garrett Wilson off the the breakdown of the points from lower votes had edged him out, but he actually had more. Yeah, Ridiculous. I remember. I've just opened up a wound. Um, but yeah, the point being that that Charbonnet came into a situation where he knew he was going to be at best sharing reps very heavily with uh, a senior running back in Ken Walker. And what's actually happened is a fantastic bond between them has, has sparked and uh, they seem to be each other's biggest cheerleader, which is a superb thing. And going going on to the thing you said there about um, Charbonnet really showing that he was um, almost equally as shifty as as Ken, I think actually um, they're both as shifty as each other, but they both have a different extra attribute 
which aids their game. If you think about Ken Walker, the thing that toasts people every game, and literally every game, is not how clean he is out of his jump cuts. It's the immediate acceleration out of them that leaves people for dead. It's that it's that not to 60 out of a jump cut that is insanely difficult to adjust. By the time you've adjusted to the jump cut, he's gone. You're, you're eating dust with, with, with Kenny Walker. Mm-hmm. With... With Charbonnet, he doesn't have that twitchy explosion of pace out of those those lateral cuts. But what he does have is insanely good contact balance. Yeah. So if so if if he doesn't get out of that jump cut quickly and he does get chipped or hit or you know someone hasn't bound onto him, unfazed he is still going. He is a you know so there's there's a physicality to to um, to Charbonnet in there which isn't there with Ken. But there is an explosive naught to sixty speed with you know acceleration with Ken, which isn't there with Charbonnet. So they have some similarities, but some also vast differences as well. Mm. And I think it's a fantastic, I think it's a fantastic um, foundation for our offense to have mm. to have that. And and I said it, I said it last week to to Pez. I'm starting to really feel now that lose a wide receiver, we've got JSN who can step up. Lose a r- running back, we've got Charbonnet or Ken can pick up the the snaps or DJ Dallas can. I feel like throughout we just talked about it on our offensive line as well. Yeah. We we've I feel, um, and I don't want to encourage any injuries because we've had a season's worth already, but I feel should any more happen, we're really well equipped, seriously well equipped. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, I, I, it was one of the things that I was worried about depth. It's always depth, you know. It, it, it's 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 the backbone of having a good team and having deep playoff runs and stuff like that. You've got to have depth and, and guys that 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 next man, that sort of next man up mentality that that, that the uh, the Seahawks always preach and Pete Carroll always preaches. Um, and it looks like they've they've got that they've got that next man next man up mentality um, in in key positions. Um, I'm gonna. I want to give two quick mentions as well because I think they deserve it. Um, before we head off, Jake Bobo, first touchdown. Um, yeah. What a catch, by the way. Yeah, superb. Unbelievable footwork as well, right on the pads. Um, he can play. Everyone, he can play. It's not just a preseason heartthrob. He can. He can play, and is going to be on the on the fifty-three man for the rest of the season. He's going to be on the team for. For a long time, I think I think he's might not ever reach stardom or be a Doug Baldwin level of undrafted free agent success, um, or or maybe even like a Jermaine Curse kind of player. But he, he's he's going to be a contributor for this team for a long time. Um, he's I going think to be he'll, right. be a, he'll be a fan favorite as well. Yeah, yeah. He's got a real underdog kind of story about him, and people are going to love him for a long time. I, I think it's just something about the name, like Bobo. It's just a fun name. He's a fun guy. And and the fans have just absolutely taken to him, um, and 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 it was so lovely to see him get that touchdown. Um, and, and like I say, if it was a if it was a wide open busted coverage kind of touchdown and he got it, it would have still been lovely. But it's like, oh well, you know, it was it, you know it was a but but he showed real real ability. If that was a DK catch or a locket catch or insert X receiver in the NFL catcher, you know, Garrett Wilson doing it. Or, Devonta Smith doing it, you know what I mean? It, it'd still be being played on NFL Network and stuff like that. It was it was an awesome catch by Bobo, so it was over the moon for him, and that just reassured to me that yeah, he, he can play and he can step up when we need him to. And Cameron Young, one of your guys, Cameron Young, um, again didn't see loads of him on on in in terms of live action on the you know passing the eye test kind of thing, but he got a seventy point two 
PFF grade. He was our, I think he was our fifth highest graded. Fifth highest. Yeah. On on Correct. defense, at least Mario Edwards got the top one. Jaron Reed, Boye, Mafia, Julian Love, Cameron Young, Devin Witherspoon. Um, so back to back weeks of Cam Young playing some really smart, decent football. Um, who's again just quietly, quietly going under the radar, quietly getting on with his business, developing, making plays when he needs to. Um, not getting to the quarterback like we always say about Cameron Young, like you've always stressed since we've we've drafted him that he struggles to get to the quarterback. But quite obviously, he's collapsing pockets. He's a disruptor. Yeah. He's doing the things right, and and that's leaving Jaron Reed to get to the quarterback. It's leaving Boya Mafia to get to the quarterback. Um, so it's quite obvious that he, he might not be flashing on screen. You might not be seeing him, and you know, in, in in the highlights or in in the sack party in the backfield. But he he's the one creating these opportunities by the looks of it. Um, him and Mario Edwards, these kind of guys, these are the ones that are creating these opportunities for your Jaron Reeds, for your boy in my face to go and get the sexy sacks. Um, Cameron Young is that kind of, you know, he's he's not a sexy player, but he's one of those kind of players that are just, just crucial to your defensive line. Um, so shout out Cameron Young as well. I like guys who just go about their business and just uh, just don't don't hear from them, don't talk any shit, they just go about the business and, and, and are good football players and it looks like he's one of them. So um, when I saw that, I was a bit bit surprised a bit taken aback and just thought you know what that deserves a mention again well done Cameron yeah yeah I completely agree I, I think when I mean you maybe you could you might be able to find the clip from when we were talking about him about snaps he plays he's, he's playing full games as a nose so insane motor you could play him in a forefront you could play him in a three front as a nose and he's gonna he's gonna enable other people to play a lot better so I, I was really big on him and I, I said I said during the, the D-line pod I think if we don't get a nose high up like Matthew Smith or, or Jalen Carter or that guy to be an X factor in the middle, I think we'll look to someone like that. And we did get him in on interviews as well um, when we when we drafted him. But I think I said he's got a real he's got a real knack of of beating his man on the line, but he hasn't got that closing that closing speed, and you know he's not great in pursuit of a quarterback. But the fact that he collapses the pocket allows everyone else to feast, and um, we're starting to see that. We're starting to see the interior of the defensive line beating beating interior offensive lines fairly regularly. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I had spotted that he'd had a really good um, PFF grade, and, and, and I'm glad you brought him up. I think, um, like you say, another one where should Jaron Reed miss a game and we'd be you know expecting him to step up. We've seen him in 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 flashes. We've seen him in uh, limited sort of snap scenarios. I'd now I'd now feel more confident, you know, with that that work. If that workload was to double, I'd back him. I'd back him to have a good game. So we're going to finish this off with a question. I I thought of a funny question today. I thought I'm going to ask that tonight. Ideally, Pez would have been here too because he'd have loved this question, right? So this is a very hypothetical question. So bear with me. Okay. And don't ask me how this scenario comes about, but for argument's sake, it is happening. Okay. So you somehow get frozen, right? You've been frozen alive, right? Someone defrosts you in 10 years' time. They happen to defrost you and save your life, right? You've survived the freezing, right? And you've been woken up on Super Bowl Sunday 10 years' time from now, okay? So the first question is, you know, uh, what what year is it? What day is it? And they say, you know, you work out it's 10 years on. It's a Sunday. It's Super Bowl Sunday. The Seahawks are playing. Only one of our rookie class has made it 10 years deep into their career, Right. Which one do you want that one player to be? Who has made it 10 years deep from this year's rookie class and is playing in a Super Bowl on the day you've been defrosted? 
who I want or who I think. No, uh, well, give me, give me, give me. Okay, give me who you think is most likely to have a ten-year stint in 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 this current Seahawks team from our rookie class, and who would you most want it to be? Uh, I think it'll be Devin Witherspoon. Um, I okay. would want. See, I'd, I'd love JSN, but I just love Jake Bobo as well. So I don't know. Um, I just love for the fact that Jake Bobo could be still here in ten years' time doing stuff. So you know what, having, Jake that, Bobo. having that Baldwin career, yeah. yeah. Jake Bobo, fuck it. Nice, I like it. Good answers. I thought I'd surprise you with a fun question too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, where did you start it? Right, you've been frozen. I'm like, what, what the what, the camera on me? Yeah, no, no, yeah. I thought I just thought like, imagine being frozen and being and, and being defrosted, and just ten years have passed. What does that Seahawks team look like? And I thought, do you know what? From a rookie standpoint, on our rookie podcast. Which one would you most want to be there? And I think you've come at that. You come at that from an interesting angle because I think if Devin Witherspoon has a ten-year career, we've been successful. Mm. And and also with Jake Bobo still there, we've all had fun watching. So yeah, I'm just thinking age-wise as well. Witherspoon's young; he's obviously ridiculously talented. Some of the other guys we picked up a little bit older in in their careers coming out of college. And then I say that to be fair, Bobo is 25 already, so 35. Yeah, maybe not realistic then actually. Um, but who just is adds you? to it. Who would you pick then? Um, if there's a player in this rookie class that I'd want to have a 10-year career, the one I most want to see have a 10-year career is probably Derek Hall. I think if Derek Hall makes it 10 years, he's potentially a 100-sack career guy. Wow. If he makes it with the physical traits he's got, the frame he's got, um, with his power and his speed, if he makes it in the NFL, he will be a force. And if he gets that longevity in that career, like you've seen with, um, you know, TJ Watt, JJ Watt, with um, Von Miller, with um, oh, the lad we had as well from the Bengals, it's escaping me. Dunlap. Dunlap, Carlos Dunlap, another player, 80, 90 sacks in a career. Mm-hmm. He can be one of those. He can be one of those players. Um, so I think that's the one. I'd want to have the, the ten year career with us. I think that would just be a lot of fun. Great story as well. Yeah, cool, really cool story. And it would really comp- it would really round that off, wouldn't it, if mm-hmm. if he had that big illustrious NFL career. Mm-hmm. The one that I think is most likely from this from this um probably someone like Cameron Young, actually. Could see most mostly because of the age profile thing. You know, and a 34, 35-year-old nose tackle, still big, still heavy, still immovable. I, I could see him being 35, still not able to hit the, hit the quarterback, but still being a hamper. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think we're, see, we're seeing it now with, with Jaron Reed. He looks as good as when we drafted him. In fact, he looks far better than when we drafted him. And you could look at his age profile and say he's at the end of his career. But in reality, he's looking as good as ever. So I think logically, I think alignment of some sort... Um, so maybe an Ottawa teamy, but maybe maybe also um, yeah, possibly yeah, Rockford, yeah, yeah, a guy like that. But um, fun way to end. So fun way to end. I can't um, wait for your question next week. The weekly questions. <laughs> maybe maybe the the Mitch left field rookie question yeah. comes up. <laughs> sure beats positive per se. <laughs> anyway, right, and we're going to end it there. So uh, I'm going to go with the Go Hawks. Your Hawks. Your Hawks, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.